Welcome to Chosen by Committee Live! Right, live from John's backyard in Mount Airy, Philadelphia. Uh, my name is Josh Heron, and I'm joined by our physical host today, John Rosenberg and Chris Munden, as we read through every Pulitzer Prize winning play since 1918, so you don't have to, or perhaps you'll join us. This week, we're reading by far the most well-known play we've yet to encounter. Uh, you can't see this, but Chris is holding it up as if for a, a studio audience. 1938's uh, Our Town by Thornton Wilder. Uh, before we get into that, my name is Josh Heron. I am a alumnus of San Diego Junior Theater, specifically the 2004 production of Our Town. <laughs> and I am joined by uh, Carne Asada Chef to the Stars, John Rosenberg. Hello. And uh, terrible actor, Christopher Munden. <laughs> Hello. And this is a really special episode uh, for a couple reasons. It is our 20th episode. Oh. Uh, I can't believe that. Um, it is the first and maybe uh, one of the only episodes we're going to record all in person together. Um, so if you hear any sort of weird backyard noises or uh, creaking of patio furniture, we hope you'll excuse us. It's really a delight to be uh, together, though at a distance. Um, and because this play is is really... Uh, well, love it or hate it, it's a special one. It's it's one that sort of has a towering place in, in the canon of American theater, and we'll talk about maybe why that is or uh, how we feel about that. Uh, it's sort of tough to give a summary of the play, but it's sort of fun because it is three acts. I wonder if we could each take an act and give it a summary? I feel like it's best if you do the summary of the play. Oh, Okay. Or if the two well, of you, because I don't think I'll do justice. So, what are the three acts? He says what the three acts yeah. are. The first act is daily life. Mm -hmm. And it's daily life in a, like, a upstate New York or... No, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire town. It's okay. a made-up town in New Hampshire. Made-up town in New Hampshire. Um, and who's that he? <laughs> uh, he tells us uh, it's, I mean, that's uh, beyond the plot. One of the, the conceit is that we are aware that this is a play and the narrator is called the stage manager and he tells us right at the beginning this is a play called Our Town by Thornton Wilder and uh, yeah so the, the first act details daily life in this small town introduces us mostly to two families the Webbs and the what's the other family? The Gibbs the Gibbs and um, and to the children of that family, George and Emily. Uh, why don't you take the second act? And I shall. Sorry, I'm going to interject. Uh, <laughs> the first act is also filled with lots of. <laughs> you get a full day, but you also see. Um, you see, you get some breaks from the day. So, for example, they bring in uh, editor Webb, who's George's, who Emily's father comes in and gives sort of a breakdown of the political history of the town. A professor of like anthropology comes on and sort of like bumbles his notes and, and talks about the geographic and anthropological foundations of Grover's Corners. Um, at that point they take part, they take questions from the audience, which was very important because I played one of those people in the audience and 
um, they sort of ask questions about about the town. I think that can probably vary with mileage. Um, I think when you read it, it probably feels a little hokey. And I bet certainly now it does too. We'll talk more about that later. Um, but the second act, uh, I think it moves forward three years, and um, after you've seen one day, this act is called Love and Marriage, and it is about the the marriage of George and Emily. It takes place on their wedding day, um, and there's a, a brief flashback to... to when they discovered they were in love. When they discover they're in love, or at least when they, uh, they start asking each other out or go steady... Is a very express their love. It's a very sweet you know. date at a maybe at a drug five and dime or drugstore. Yeah. They get ice cream sodas, and then it ends with their marriage ceremony, and then the third act. It's death, I guess. Death uh, uh. takes place in a graveyard at Grover's Corners, where many of the characters we've seen and some we haven't are sitting on stage, sort of um, watching. And as ghosts, Emily uh, dies. We find out nine years later. And she gets the chance to visit our town. And when she visits our town, she picks a, she's encouraged to pick a sort of normal day. And that even that, they weren't as going to be hard. And so she picks her 12th birthday and realizes all these details that she didn't notice when she was living. And uh, realizes that no one living can really notice every moment, uh, the beauty of every moment. Um, and then the play sort of just ends. Uh, stage manager says that people in Grover's Corners are asleep, and he hopes that the audience has a good night. I think an interesting thing about it, so the play mm-hmm. is 1838. All of this... 1938. 1938. The play is 1938, or 1937 probably on stage. Um, all of this action is... So her 12th birthday is 1899. The first scene is 1901. And the scenes are like early 1900s, so set 30, 40 years before, which I found was interesting because it presents kind of a idyllic view of small town America mm-hmm. and uh, pre-automobile. You know, everyone knows each other. Everyone, has, 90% of the young people stay in the town, and yet even in 1938, it had to look back to present that time. Mm. Like if we had a movie that was like idyllic small town America now, it'd be set in the 1950s or 1980s maybe. We would be looking back, we wouldn't set it now. And even then they have to look back. So I thought it was an interesting part of it. What did you think, John? What surprised you about the play? Um, I think I would really love to hear your experience with it and why it's so special to you because i think yeah i think that that's a great framing device for the conversation all right um yeah so i will say that i've been excited this is josh i've been excited for this play since we started um it's probably the first one we've read that i read i was in i've never seen it um i've seen the movie and i've seen some film productions but i've never been in a theater with it live wait was there a, a video of your performance <laughs> i'm sure there was. <laughs> but you, you've never seen it no i've i've never seen it been in a theater with it well and i was in a theater because i was man of the audience but uh, <coughs> i haven't seen anything else beside the first part of the first act of san diego junior theater production of our town right um but i i really i love this play um what do you love about the play 
I love that um, in the there's an in the opening preface by someone or I think Thornton Wilder talks about it too, but um, there's sort of this truism that in the specific you get the universal, yeah. and I think that this plays a really amazing example of that. That he draws a very specific, and maybe this is like a, my own bias as like middle-class white dude, but I think even though he draws something that's very specific, very middle-class, very white, very American, I think he does draw out some universal themes. I think he, I think it's hard to read this play for me, and I can't imagine watching it, and not be touched at its sort of epic breadth at what it tries to, to conquer, even in the sort of really... Um, it's ambitious. Yeah, but even if what it... Are the, or sorry, so what are the universal themes that, like, you experience watching? Love and death. Right? Love and death, the importance of life, the uh, nostalgia we take growing up, leaving childhood, uh, repeating or not repeating the marital patterns of your parents, um, small town, like... Small towns being insular, being something that is safe and harmonious and vital, but also something that can be claustrophobic and um, negative. Um, I think that you see some of the town gossip and how that can be like uh, a way of sharing information and resources, but also a way of being sort of nasty. Um, That's underplayed for sure, the nastiness, isn't it? I think that there's a conversation about that. For example, Mrs. Soames talks about the drunk. Yeah, the, the dude, the organist. The, the guy who kills himself. Yeah, and that feels a little... I, it's not like a major... That's the point. Yeah, it's not a major plot. Um, I think the way it plays with theater, um, even though it, sort of our town has this, like, I think, reputation for being sort of stuffy, I think its setting is a little stuffy. I think that there's something really playful. I, like, I love the idea of bringing a professor out on stage or telling these two mate like, the two... Um, Moms are having a conversation, shucking beans, and he's like, "Oh, that's okay, ladies. We'll see you later." Yeah, we see that done <clears throat> a lot now, right? The <clears throat> the meta theatrical, and and it's we haven't read anything like that in the plays previously, really. Uh, it's hard to know. It's hard to know how like groundbreaking it was on stage. Probably for Broadway, it was really groundbreaking. Maybe not for. I mean, smaller I think theaters. this is right around when Brex writing. It's not much after. Right. And that's what it, I mean. I think that's the parallel it sort of brings. But you know, but I, think I would say yeah. Go on. I mean, this was also like done with very minimal set. Like mm -hmm. that's a thing. No, no scenery basically. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things that I think are maybe tropey mm -hmm. about like contemporary American drama. Um, and now, like, contemporary drama around the world, I don't think it's just an American thing, or at least this is the first famous example yeah. of all of these things. I also think it does it quite well. Like, um, nowadays, you see, you see stuff, this is a play, people being aware that it's a play, they're questioning the audiences, and in the play, it's hokey and annoying. But... But it's pretty well done compared, even even for now. Like it doesn't. It's well framed. Um, it sets people up for do it to do it a lot worse in the future. 
but he does it quite well. And I think the pro- I mean, we've I think we've we haven't come across maybe Eugene O'Neill plays with like beautiful prose. I think this play has like beautiful language. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I mean, think, it's oh. interesting comparing this to street scene, mm. right? Because that's very quotidian too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very that's a great example. Very different idea of what America is, where street scene is all immigrants, mm-hmm. is urban, is present, uh, is is complicated and and has some bad stuff happens. This is rural and very American. There's no immigrants in it at all in the era where highest. I mean, they talk about like Canucks and Polish town, and right. It's referenced. It's referenced, but none of the main characters are anything but. They talk about the Gibbs having been there since the Mayflower. You look at graves from the 1600s, and the families are there. Um, I my quibble with it would be how. How sweet it is to a to an extent where it's it's saccharine, it's it's over cute. I mean, I think that's the I think that is the the quibble. No, I mean, I, well, probably the quibble, but I think it's also one that is probably the litmus for how successful a production of Our Town is. Yeah, like, can you direct this? Right, because he says in the he, says, he, he right. says in the stage directions you're supposed to do it like direct, and I, I forget what it says. Not you're yeah. not supposed to do a cold or clinical, but it, it's like right there. I guess like you can hear a version in your head that's like precious or cute, mm-hmm. and he does make it clear that it's supposed to be done like matter of factly, mm-hmm. like somewhere between sincere and insincere, like. Whatever that is between the two. I mean, I think if you watch the, so I think the movie is a, it's very, very sentimental and it's yeah. not a good example. I think the Spalding Gray recording mm-hmm. is like it's almost off-putting at first. It is so quick and clinical and sort of like this is our town. This is the main street. This is over here. This is over here. This is here. Look at the starlight. It's very like, um, and I think a good director probably has to find that balance. I. I don't. I, in my mind, I can see it being done. I also have memories of my when I was in eighth grade. My production being like out of this world, um, and I'm sure it wasn't. But I like <laughs> in my mind, I'm like looking at like the characters of the actors who I knew when I was that age, and um, and for we had three stage managers that like uh, did it like simultaneously, uh, not double cast, but they were like always on stage together. Um, Anyway, it's interesting to me. We've read a few plays from the 1930s. This seems like very conservative in that view of like small town America. Mm-hmm. Those political plays, very conservative. Which is because Thornton Wilder is not conservative. No, I, he won a Pulitzer Prize for Bridge Over. It's not Bridge Over the Wither. San Luis Rick. And he also wrote another a Pulitzer for another play we're going to read. Oh, is that right? It is also not. Oh, right. yeah. Um, but that said in Peru and talks about, like, the politics of uh, all the, like, small people hurt by the collapse of the bridge. 
Um, but maybe, maybe conservative, you know, small c, just a kind of idyllic look at America. He doesn't really question that too much. No, I think that there is, uh, that's, that is fair. I think that is also a room for fair criticism. I think that other more recent productions have solved that by, like, color conscious casting and thinking about like if this play is an art like what happens when we like take it out i think it's sort of hard to like do that with like grover's corners in hampshire which is like still the widest place in the world um like truly statistically um it's like why people say that new hampshire shouldn't be an early primary state Mm. um it's a fictional town there's no yeah, but it, I'm saying it's like it's hard to Im- like you can't like a fictional town. Like if it was like a yeah. fictional town in like the South, right? Like, or even like Connecticut, could right? Be you could more like diverse now, yeah. Um, or Pennsylvania, or mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but that's probably like a more a uh, Connecticut was probably just as white as New Hampshire was when this play was written, and it's but just nowadays it now. might not be. Uh, but I do think of like Grover's Corner is very specific, but is also very much like a specific place in the American imagination. Yeah. Like, and I think it's okay that it, li- I think that's part of why it's presented in the way it is, is because I think he very much would cop to that it's not supposed to be a, supposed to be a specific place and a place that we all can see, but not a place that's like real, like a place that we sort of all can like relate to. Look and, back on, right. I was also thinking about with this and I was also listening to a podcast earlier today about You've Got Mail and um, and how it talks about the Upper West Side as like a small town in that movie um, and how really like Is that the bookstore? Yeah, it's a great movie but how they're talking about how we think of like New York for example or even Philadelphia we think of like these big metropolises but really when you think about the people you interact with every day or the way you go about your life like we all live in sort of small towns Mm -hmm. Um, very few of us like go through our day with like totally anonymous people around us right. and how and that made me think about how our town like we can like we can relate to it even if like Philadelphia is not Grover's Corners we have these relationships that are patterned over times that change over time that that morph um, and there's that sort of uh, codependence what I was thinking of a lot reading it was the I told you the Lars Van Trier movie, Dogville, which is, uh, it's filmed, there's no set. So it's like our town, there's no set. It's just like the houses have like lines where the houses are. Mm. And, and it presents a small mountain town in America. But its view of that small town life is so in contrast to this lots of rape, lots of mm. violence, slavery, mm. just, it, it was interesting, I'd love mm. to see, like, I don't know, if you present a class, read them side by side, mm-hmm. watch them side by side, I think would be beautiful, because it doesn't touch too much upon that dark side of, mm. of life, of America. 
you mind talking more about what you love about this place or not? <laughs> Do you want to say something? You were, no, 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 un- I, you I, were I, underwhelmed by it. No, no, no. I, I'm really just interested in like hearing like just more about what you love about it. You know what I mean? Because because I, I understand you're saying like how the 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 uh, the theme, the universal mm. themes, like the metaphysical nature. The pros of it. What what else do you love about it? I mean, I guess still it just affects me. I, and maybe it's just because I have like, I have it's the one I'm most familiar with. But I think. Or, it, can I ask like, yeah. how how does it affect you? How does it make you feel? I mean, it makes me like. I think that's it. it like, it makes me feel sentimental. No, it, like this is what's so crazy about the, like. And I I don't like know how to like say this without sounding so like cringy and like ugh, like I'm making a gagging vomit motion um, but like it makes me feel like most of the things life makes me feel <laughs> like it makes me feel like joy and sadness and like nostalgia and loss and regret and hope like I feel like it like is a uh, it is like a um Like a ivy hit, uh, like you're like mainlining like, life. Like a mainlining life. Like uh-huh. yeah, that's actually exactly what they want to say, right? So what else makes you feel this way? It's what a wonderful other... life. <laughs> yeah, what, you... what other like pieces of art or things make you feel the same way, or like do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah. just wondering. Um, okay, this is like a weird poll, but um, there's a a series of four novels I absolutely love called the Neapolitan Novels by Elena Ferrante, um, and they're also these sort of kaleidoscopic, almost Dickensian. Uh, novels about these two women who grew up in Naples, Italy. Um, and I mean, I can see you've got mail. <laughs> to me, I, it must be about contemporary It's a Wonderful Life, right? No, you got mail as a contemporary uh, no. shopper. Or, uh, no, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life must be about contemporary to our town. Yeah, probably. No, it was later. No, I mean, it doesn't but really Within matter, five, but, ten right. years, yeah. right? right? And that, I think it has a similar sentimentality to me uh, this is more interesting in its its meta theatrical but nowadays like how well sorry but how what, interesting is that what I'm interested in is like there's the universal themes that you're talking about right mm-hmm. and like how good because I don't I don't think of you as a cynical person mm-hmm. I also don't think of you as like I, I feel that you have a very discerning eye or like you you understand like how things are happening what about how it, it's delivered affects you so much you know what I mean because because I feel like so much of the play is like a lot of it is like the stage manager framing things or it's diversionary tactics by like talking about things but the actual scenes of the people they're not real Oh, I think they're so great. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're really. I don't. I think the scenes. Or, or sorry, please tell me. Tell like me I about like that. I was. I think like the scene I come back to again and again and again, is that scene between, um, like George and his father-in-law. Uh huh. Like before the before wedding. Before the wedding. Um, um, where he's like trying to like. Give him advice, funny. but be funny and like be like. He he gives some advice. My father or someone told me right before I was married, you have to, like, 
lay the law down, basically. Right. And then... I mean, like, and there's two things. And this is like, a, if, we're, if we're talking personally. Yeah. Like, this was like the closest thing I got to art when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And so it probably is like, like there's pro- there's part of me that probably is like still reading this as like a wide-eyed 14-year-old that was like, theater could do this? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, I'm totally fine not having let that go. Um, and maybe it's impossible for me to like, not view it partly in those terms. In some ways, reading this was such a pleasant return. Sure. Mm. Um, the other thing is, again, I haven't seen this, and it's hard, like, but the experience is so pleasurable, but I also think about, like, um, like, all of the things you could do with this, all of the things that, like, I feel like it, it is a play that is, like... You mean what you could do on stage with the production of it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, like it's a play I, I want to like it's a play I would like be very happy to see over and over again and see different directors take their turn trying it out. Uh-huh. Um, so like when you read it over you know recently, mm-hmm. you know you, you talk about how like I mean I think of like the stuff that I remember from when I was a teenager, right? I remember like falsettos, mm-hmm. like. Uh, at the time, it like blowing my mind or whatever. And I know if I listened to it now, there would be nostalgia. But then, are you saying your experience of it is the same? No, I think there's like, I think that's what's really cool about this. Uh huh. For me, is that so like, Rent. We'll we're gonna listen to this. Is, we're gonna listen to Rent in the '90s. So we have about you know a year and a half. Um, but. Rent was hugely important to me as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I listen back on it, and I'm like, oh, yikes. Right. Yuck. So, so this, There's not that feeling. So this so there's is, what's, feeling this of is like, what's interesting There's to me. this, like, nostalgia and this, like, oh, that wasn't so terrible. And, like, in fact, I actually think there are ways that I've, like, understanding this more now as someone who's been married, that who right. has, like, grown up out of this town, who has, like, moved, who has, like, seen things, who have made connections, that, like, this play feels even more true. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think that's what I was wondering about. Like, the, it's interesting you say that it's not like you listen to Rent in the '90s and you listen to it now, and it's like the same experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, it's fascinating to me that like our town. I understand why emotionally our town would have such like uh, an emotional impact upon you from a young age, but for you to have like, uh, yeah, it, it's fascinating to me. Um, I mean, I will say it's. I think in the way that like. Um, because I teach, like, there are some children's books uh-huh. that I loved as a kid, and I reread, and I'm like, fuck, those are good. Like, yeah. those yeah. are good for kids, and like, wow, I didn't get this thing. So can, and, can you explain to me, like, what is so clean to you about this play? I think, I think it's, I think, I, there's, I don't think there's an ounce of, I think everything. I think it is, I think it feels quick. I think uh-huh. it feels robust. I think it feels specific. I think it feels universal. I think it feels like it is cramming every, like, all of these big questions and ideas about American life uh-huh. into a into a moment. I mean, it misses stuff, right? Like, I, it, it totally misses race. I don't think it misses class. I think, I mean, I think that's an understated theme. It, it I don't think it misses gender. It, it did have the line that, because I was like wondering where that would show up, but it was interesting that line with the person from the audience 
where it's like, you know, are you going to touch upon like social injustice or something like that? You know what I mean? I feel like what was the response? I forget. I forget what the the stage manager says. I feel like people just go about their life. They're doing their best. Right, right. So it's not like it's not like the play or the playwright was blind to it. Do you know what I mean? No, but I think that's true of a man. I think that like yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. I'm I'm not saying it as yeah. uh, I'm not saying it as a criticism. Like I'm saying like it it wasn't trying to ignore it. Mm-hmm. It like I thought it was done very interestingly that you know someone in the audience is like, wait a minute, what about this huge thing of this? And he's like, eh, you know what I mean? I, I I don't mean it as a criticism that like it's not delved into or something like that you know that must have been interesting at the time the questions from the audiences too nowadays we see that and it's so annoying i mean i don't know i guess i I feel what you're saying but like it's either you either pull it off or you don't you know what i mean because i feel like anything no matter how many times you've seen it if something's done right it, it can work it hits whatever neurons in your brain that make you say yes that that's truthful and clean and whatever I think it's also the only thing that really, like, I think, unfortunately, that is the only thing that really dates the play. I mean, besides the fact that, like, Gruber's Quarters is in a specific time and place, but, like, the, like, the questions feel like they're very much from the 1930s, Mm. as opposed to, like... It's right. funny. I didn't. I didn't experience. I didn't oh. experience that. I mean, no. Someone. I don't remember how it was worded, but the social injustice question I mean, sounds something. You could maybe change a word or two. It was like. Or the question about like drinking is like a little. Oh right. Maybe you could change that to drug use or something. Or, um, can I talk about this production that I've never seen, but was sure. on, that I like? Or just a moment that was described to me, that like gives me chills. I think it was like one of the reasons I was like, oh, I want to fucking see that. And maybe this play grew up a little bit for me. Um, so David Cromer is a Chicago director. He did this in Chicago, and it moved to Off-Broadway and ran for quite a while. Helen Hunt was in it at one point oh. as the stage manager. Oh. Um, like, lots of celebrities. They, they sort of stunt casted that role. Um, but David Cromer, the director, starred as the stage manager, oh, too. Oh, is that the term stunt cast? For, like, when you put, like, yeah. a star vehicle? Yeah. It's called stunt casting? Yeah. Oh, that was funny. Um, and I've seen clips of David Cromer doing it. It's very much like he's he's directed it, but it's very much like he has his like stage manager book, and he's like he's a stage manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the people are dressed in modern dress, but the play is all very like how it's normally done. You know, no set chairs, whatever ladders. You come in for the third act, um, and she's dead and dying, and apparently there's like a smell that starts to come over, like the audience, like it's sort of a familiar smell, like but rotting. No, like a pleasant smell, but they can't quite place it. You mean like what they do in like Catholic stuff? Like no, well, listen. Okay. So then she goes back to her memory, and this play that has been all um, very like, you know, meta theatrical and like chairs and whatever. The curtain opens behind them, and it's like a full facsimile, like beautifully decorated and staged kitchen. Uh huh. And the smell is actually the mom cooking bacon. Uh-huh. And it's like placed in this place of your own childhood memory. Like, which I, and what I've heard is that it like places you in this like place of home, and like, and all of a sudden these like memories that she's experiencing become intertwined with you. And I was like, fuck, that is so smart and good, and I want to see that like mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, and so I think that this play allows for that, and that's like a really small moment. This play is like the smell of bacon coming cooking in your. I think sort of kitchen. that, right? I think for me because I I did read it and I'm returning to it. Like mm-hmm. I think this play does like sort of 
for me, it maybe it enacts its own sort of weird memory time yeah. warp. But um, I yeah. saw this for the first time when I was already cynical. Oh. So I respect some of the writing, some of the techniques. I I liked it more than I thought I would, but still, I, I think one thing you said about like the specific and the general. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe this was lacking in the specific somehow. Like the specific was I don't not specific enough, not real enough, not like examined enough for me. And so it's the sentimentality of it was somewhat off putting. I think feel like you're being poised, John. You're like yeah, asking all these if, questions if your time. like no, like, no, no. What I'm, did you I'm, think of the dialogue? I'm, I'm really not trying to be coy. It's more like... Did it just miss you? I'm more interested in, like, what someone loves about this play than, you know what I mean? Like, me yeah. being, like, this, this. Do you know but what I, I mean? But I'm also curious about what you thought. I mean, I thought it was one of the worst fucking plays I've ever read in my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh... I, I, think it, I think that it's just not for me. Like, it, there's, like, a danger to it. I find it very dangerous and like what do you mean it make me very uncomfortable and like how dangerous though? I found it incredibly dangerous and very very manipulative manipulative and, for sure um mean-spirited how and so mean-spirited yeah I found it incredibly mean-spirited I don't know it's just like what about it was mean-spirited he doesn't like single people Right, that's what it is. No, no, no. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm not... It's like the dead. But, yeah. no, I don't. Um, but it's like... No, I mean... But, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's not as... It's easy to, like, talk about something that you don't like. Do you know what I mean? And it's more interesting to me to hear about, like, like uh, what you enjoyed about it. You know what I mean? Because, like, it's just... It, it just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? Like, um, how I, is it generally seen now so it's produced I mean they're about to do they're about to do a version with Dustin Hoffman yeah I think, I, I think and I think I think you're about to hear a, I bet we're about to see a very large wave of criticism about that I think um, that is that announcement so I think our town rightfully so for reasons we said has a history of being seen as a very white play I think you can cast it in lots of interesting ways and 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 make that read against that in some ways but is that interesting? I don't know. Okay. Um, but this this casting but this is, is not I mean, that. You're casting Dustin Hoffman as the stage manager, like I mean, the, I I think for me, like yes, why I didn't care about it. I felt like what I think it's a fascinating trick of framing and like controlling an audience, but what it actually shows me of like the conversations between the people I thought was fake and uh, manipulative. So I guess this is like, I, I guess this is, I don't, I guess we haven't seen work that does this, but I know about myself that I don't mind emotional manipulation. No, no, I don't either. Okay. I love emotional, I mean, every play is emotional manipulation. Right. It's how do you do it and how do you go about doing it and how do you make people feel while you do it? You know what I mean? Because I feel like the play last week that was last week right the one that took place in the in the Alps or whatever no it was two weeks ago two weeks ago I fucking loved it I know he didn't that's me 
Was that? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I fucking loved it. Um, and it, it was it was just as emotionally manipulative because it wants you to feel certain things the way that it wants you to do it. Um, I guess I guess I think of like as soon as it starts, I would just get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> as soon, but I don't do, know why. I've always felt this way about this play. Do you he think part of it is the is being? 2020 instead of like 1938 where no, I, I think no, like no, people no. always I, say I how it, great a, a movie I think it's a thing that like, like uh, Citizen Kane is and you watch it now and you're like yeah Rosebud Rosebud yeah and this it's like yeah I feel I feel the framing device is more interesting than what he and what is your framing device for it what would you how would you describe the framing device the stage manager by it, it being like this guy that basically walks you through the play and lets you know, and you know what I mean? Like, you don't, ha- you turn your brain off. You don't mm. have to, you don't have, no, 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 no. <coughs> hear, hear me out. That it's like, um, it's, it's telling you what it is. But in the meantime, it's something completely different that I feel is fucking dangerous. See, I don't know though. I feel like the, what you, I feel like in a good production of this, what you're doing at least especially when the, when the stage manager is talking, is you're actually, like, integrating your own, like, childhood and your own, like, experience into this play. Like, I think it would be very hard to, like, as an adult, go through this, listen to this play or see this play and not be encouraged to reflect on your own experiences in some way. No, no, I no. think it would be easy for me to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At times I did. But, again, it's like when he... Uh, when the stage manager was like, okay, George and Emily, show us the moment when you realized you, like, loved each other or whatever. You, like, come the fuck on. Well, to me, I was like, this is just a shitty fucking movie. Like, this is a shitty movie from the 40s about strawberry phosphates. And there was an interesting trick of, like, he overextends himself and she is like, eh, you don't want to be that guy. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to be that guy. I want to be blah, blah, blah. And he, like changes his mind for her I, I feel like Thornton Wilder clearly understands like what drives people and and all that stuff but like I don't think there's much there I think the framing device is cool I think it's fucking garbage <laughs> but like um, you can see why it won the Pulitzer you can see why someone would go see it in the theater and be oh like, absolutely oh, absolutely I, I that totally, was a night at the theater I totally get it but emotional. like I guess the other question though is or maybe this is is who's the play that I think I think you know maybe at this point like every other play or so I'm like oh I understand why this one the Pulitzer like there's a gravitas or whatever yeah. and this feels very much like oh um, yeah. this feels like a Pulitzer Prize movie play um, but this is a very very regularly produced play yeah, no, no, no. There's like 4,000 production. I mean, yeah, but so was Annie. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, I get, I get. But do we why think? This but this place... is not Annie. Like, I know, I but that just this is like much smarter than Annie. I get, I get why I this love play. Annie. I, <laughs> but just the fact no, no, that no, it's don't get well me wrong. produced. I understand why this play is great. I understand why. Um, I understand what you're talking about the universal themes. I, I get why it's great. It just makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's. Like, it's like, you know, a, a few years ago I saw 
um, a version of uh, A View from the Bridge by that Ivanhoe motherfucker. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I... Oh, this Did is you a, love that? I love that production. Right, right. For me, it's like, get the fuck out of here. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Right, it's like... Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it's an interesting question of why I find stuff like this dangerous. Um, but yeah, like I I, re, I I understand why you love this play, and I can yeah I, I think I think it's totally. But like I think yeah, it's not for me. But do you so why do we think this play is has has why? stayed the course? Because it's America. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is America. I think it was groundbreaking in like how it presents the story. I find like, but so is uh, so is um, Strange Interlude, and that has never gets done. Uh, this is more accessible, for sure. Uh, and I think, yeah, Strange Interlude. Well, I I think maybe it testifies to like how conservative American theater still is that you could have a stage manager you could have someone talking to the audience and it would still be kind of interesting for a lot of mainstream theater goers. Let, let me try this. I, I find that it's interesting to me that he creates artifice, right? Yeah. This is something that, that troubles me and it might point to me just feeling uncomfortable about Ameri being an American or whatever, but he creates artifice and what he presents is something so fake to me. Mm. And that, to me, is what's dangerous about it. And I feel like there's a link f that you could see that go from this to a commercial that would run during the Super Bowl about small-town America mm -hmm. and, like, you know, the the railroad and it's, like, the the thing going down and there's, like, a dog kind of walking down the street. But that's, Budweiser commercial, maybe. But, but that's America. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's, oh, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, the two are saying very, very different things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is an actual examination of America. Um, that's not. Like I don't the think. Commercial. I don't know if this is an. It's. I think this is like. I think this is like. I, mean, I think. Okay, so I, I actually. I wonder if you'll agree with this, but like, I think of our town as like a very. I think it's comparable to like Norman Rockwell. Yeah. And, I also think in in many Norman Rockwell paintings, there is a like. A somberness mm. and a realness, but like if you don't look closely, you're like, oh, it's this guy who like paints these like. Yeah. But th there's a difference to me between like the like his painting of the young girl going to school crossing mm -hmm. the color line, of like you know you see like just the arms of the U.S. Marshals yeah, yeah. and like the the apple against or the tomato against the the wall, like what he's presenting and because because I was surprised by the death scene. And like that, she died during childbirth. And like, we don't listen to the people who loved her talk about how much they miss her. Like, it's, George comes and we see him. But but it's it's yeah. it's absent of that. It's like uh, it, it's like her experience in the afterlife or whatever. Like revisiting this day. Um, Maybe it's the play is so good, I just don't realize... <laughs> no, 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 and I'm not even fucking around. Like, the reason why I had such a strong reaction is because it 
did what it's supposed to to me. You know? And only the fuck out of you. But in the same way that the Ivanhoe production of uh, A View from the Bridge mm. made me fucking angry and want to leave. Mm. That, like... Right, because it's one thing if I was to read it and be like, eh, I didn't care one way or the other. I, You know, it created such a, a visceral reaction to me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it just read to me like American Nazism. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I don't, America I mean, first. Wait, I think that, uh, luckily for us, Thurmwilder's not a Nazi, but... Right, right. But, but so, I, I think what I'm trying to say is like, I don't feel like my reaction to it is cynical. Who um, would you be? I would be... Oh, well, all right. So I was re-looking at the cast list, and I remembered that I wanted to be the drunk... Uh, <laughs> the drunk choir teacher <laughs> who kills himself? But no, no he was the organ player, right? Yeah, oh. and uh, but he was also Seth Morris teacher. stole that part from me. But, like, I think you want to be the stage man. There. Yeah, you want. Uh, I couldn't. I could not be sincere enough. But I thought the stage direction is don't be sincere. Like yeah. the the stage direction. I mean, if you look at that, like, I think we should all watch this Bald and Gray. I could not be fake sincere enough. He's not sincere. <laughs> He's not He's sincere. Clinical. I mean, clinical. Um, but who do you want to be? Like you'd be Spalding a Spalding Gray. I feel like you'd be a great um, editor web. And it's what was I thinking. I liked uh, I liked his talk. I forgot he didn't say he. So he gives the talk about the perfect advice, and then he's like, "And that's why you should never take advice from right. someone." And I yeah. did I did like that. Who would you be, John? I think you would be the dead. Was it Mrs. Webb? Mm. Or the, was it the other one? Mrs. Soames. No, the. The dead mother-in-law. Oh, that's Mrs. Gibbs. Yeah. What was yeah. her deal? I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> She's like dry, melancholy, telling you you won't, don't go back and revisit life because you won't really like it. Right. Yeah. No, I'll take it. All right. Next week we are reading. Oh, any dream? Sorry, before we act. Any dream uh, production ideas? Well, I mean, I think when you said the thing about the Chicago version, where the the smell kind of comes in. <sighs> that the... sounds so annoying. Really, I thought you were making it. You were making a face while I was talking, and I was like, I got Chris. I mean, I like it. It's it's that annoyance with the theatricality of it, and it's not that it may not win me over when I'm watching it, but I it's like. Like music in a movie that adjusts your emotions. I'm annoyed by it, even if it works. Well, you should see the, the Paul Newman 2002 production has like... Oh, 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 oh. I did see, I did see well, this movie. While Emily's doing her final speech of like, does anyone ever know, really, where ever, like, ever a minute? And then behind her is like... A choir. Oh, oh. Yeah, that. I thought in the movie it should say, she lives... So the third act is a dream in the movie, and she wakes up, and she really? hasn't really died. No. Yeah. Oh, let, me, let me ask a question about a line, because maybe this also informs how I feel about it. At some point, the stage manager says that 
what's important, or he doesn't say what's important about the play, but that in a, this is a record for, you know, in a thousand years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so you're saying, like, like in the Spalding Gray version, is it like... I haven't seen... Oh, I, you haven't I, seen I haven't seen one. the entire... Th- I've seen, like, I watched, the, I watched the opening monologue. I haven't seen him do that monologue. I guess I don't understand why it thinks it's going to be around for a thousand years. That's what. No, it's not. It's going it, to. You would it find it in a time capsule, and you would think that this captures because America, and that's right. also so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather s- put, s- put street scene in a time capsule. I think street scene in this are a really cool, um, like it's a really cool diptych of yeah. like two things. Um, so next week, we are reading our second Robert Sherman, ah. um, Abe Lincoln in Illinois. Oh, fantastic. This play has like 50 characters or something. Like, the Lincoln Center did it in the 90s with... Um, the Lincoln Center did it? Yeah. I like that. With, what's his name? What's it about? Is it literally about Abe, Abe Lincoln, Lincoln in, in Illinois? Illinois? Yeah, it's, it's very literal. Um, like, I think from childhood to like the, the Douglas, Lincoln-Douglas debates. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, on the eve of World War Two, about the eve of the Civil War. Yeah, I think that was probably uh, probably it. Um, so, any predictions? Uh, he dies at the theater. We're not going to see that. Oh. Oh, because it's only Illinois. He makes a joke about reading by candlelight. I think some ahistorical hagiography where we like find out about like uh some sort of like bullshit reason that like Abe Lincoln like detested slavery oh, from a young age. That's good. I oh, like right. that. I yeah, like that. I think yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that makes sense. It probably won't touch on his homosexuality. Oh, I wish. I love that rumor. Are you a are you a Abe Lincoln gay truther? Yeah, I'm an Abe Lincoln gay truther. Me too. Me too. Alright, well this has been so fun being in this backyard. I hope you can hear the uh bugs behind us are making sort of beautiful noise um all right should we say good night folks good night folks good night folks